This is Glostrad Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Glostrad Radio Podcasts. Today my special guest is the well-known folk musician Paul Burgess and our topic is the traditional fiddlers of Gloucestershire and their legacy of tunes. We'll be finding out about Stephen Baldwin and John Mason amongst others. But to get us started we have a couple of tunes from the playing of William Hathaway arranged and played for us here by the Bristol Cayley Quartet, the Marriage Vow and the Sherborne Jig.
That was Noni Tabush, Alison Rowley, Matt Norman and Sarah Moody. Collectively, they're known as the Bristol Kelly Quartet and they have a unique string quartet sound. That was their arrangement of the Marriage Vow and the Morris tune The Sherborne Jig. The Gloucestrad Archive is an online resource giving access to hundreds of folk tunes and songs collected in Gloucestershire. This includes the repertoire of some significant fiddle players. Paul Burgess dropped into the studio to tell me about them. First I asked him how it all started. Well that's right, yes, yes, that uh, that goes back to uh, good old Cecil Sharp. Yes. And really um, one of the Gloucestershire fiddle players uh, was uh, the reason why Sharp came to Gloucestershire in the first place. Um, Sharp was quite happily sitting in his uh, drawing room in Hampstead and happened to notice that uh, a couple of the blokes mending the sewer outside were whistling Morris dance tunes, which <laughs> rather stunned him because he'd hardly ever come across any then. He, he, he knew about Headington and he'd been up to uh, he'd been up to uh, Coventry area, but um, so he went out and dragged them in, and they were both uh, they were father and son called uh, William Stagg. And he tracked them down. They, they they were living in Hammersmith at the time. So he went down and saw them. And there was a little sort of group of expatriate Gloucestershire people with rough and ready um, connections to the Morris dancing uh, living in Hammersmith at that point. And one of the people that they gave him the address of or how to get in touch with was John Mason. Uh, William Stagg himself was actually the illegitimate son of William Hathaway, who was another Gloucestershire fiddle player. Uh But nobody actually knew where he was living at the time, as far as I can see. So anyway, they found out about John Mason. John Mason was in the the workhouse in Stow-on-the-Wold. And so Sharp took himself off at the the prompting of Mary Neal, who wanted some more material for her Esperance dances, he put uh, Sharp off to come down to Gloucestershire and Gloucestershire, he, he went straight to the workhouse at Stow on the Wold and found John Mason and John Mason gave him all sorts of information which he didn't really know how to process at the time because as I said he wasn't really fully into collecting Morris dance at that time but um, if it hadn't have been for Mason he wouldn't have found William Hathaway, he wouldn't have found George Simpson and Mason basically introduced him to the Oddington, Longborough, Bledington and Sherborne Morris traditions as well as the Lower Swell tunes. Nice. And if Sharp had been two years later, Mason would have been dead. This is one of the untitled tunes which John Mason played for Sharp and just basically called Morris Dance. Um, it's quite intriguing because it has never turned up in any other Morris tradition that anybody has ever come across and nobody's really identified it as a tune either. So I don't know whether he made it up or he heard it from somewhere, but it's a, I think it's a cracking tune.
Uh, one of the other tunes which he actually put down was Quick Step Morris Dance. And um, that's a nice jig. Now, Quick Step was obviously a, a ballroom figure, um, but uh, that didn't stop sharp at that point. And thank goodness for that. It's a cracking tune. <laughs> listening to Gloucestrad Radio and in this programme we're featuring the fiddle traditions of Gloucestershire with my guest Paul Burgess. We've been discussing the role of John Mason in introducing Cecil Sharp to the Morris Dance musicians of the county. Sharp has, uh, was given the information on how to get all these different Morris traditions and he went and visited several fiddle players and whistlers as well because uh, with the Morris dance um, people like Harry Taylor who is the foreman of the Longborough side and um, George Simpson who was originally foreman of the, the Sherbourne side they couldn't play at that point but they could whistle, whistle the, tunes, the tunes yeah, and therefore he was able to note them down. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know that a collector would have bothered with somebody just whistling, whistling a tune. Uh, yeah. And it shows just how good Sharp was at times. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Stag, um, did he collect tunes off Stag? Um, sort of. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, Stag played mouth organ, but um, what he did was that he appears to have gone to, gone, gone to uh, Star on the Wold, seen John Mason, got Bill Hathaway's uh, address, he lived in Burton Street in Cheltenham. Uh-huh. And he went there and collected all the, the tunes from the Lower Swell Morris dances and the Stow on the Wold Morris dances. He then gave those to the stag that he'd met in Hampstead. <clears throat> the main reason for that being so that he could learn them properly and play as a musician with Mary Neal's Esperance dances so oh. that they would have another traditional source because they'd already played with Headington traditional musicians. Mm. And um, so he copied out all those tunes, and there's a manuscript of that. Now this is uh, Highland Mary, the uh, the Longborough tune, which was, certainly was used for Longborough in this instance. This is the tune that Sharp heard William Stagg whistling in his sewer, and collected on the same day. Um, when Sharp went to um, Cheltenham and collected the tune from William Hathaway, he noted it down, and gave it to William Stagg, or gave a copy of it to William Stagg so that he could learn it again uh, from the dots to play for the uh, Esperance Morris. So this is the tune that sort of started it all off as far as uh, virtually any folk collecting in Gloucestershire in the 20th century.
In any programme about Gloucestershire fiddlers, there's one name we just can't miss out, that of Stephen Baldwin from the Forest of Dean. Stephen Baldwin, yes. So he was a Morris fiddler as well, wasn't he? So, yes, he was indeed, and his father, Charlie Baldwin, um, who had had all sorts of different jobs. He was a miner and he was a charcoal burner uh, around the the Newant, um, Newant sort of area, May Hill sort of area and he was very much a fiddle player he lived lived in Newark most of his life and uh, ended up at the the arms houses there which uh-huh. is where Sharp met him uh-huh. and um, he taught his fiddle his fiddle tunes to his son Stephen Baldwin and um, but Stephen Baldwin's sort of Morris bit was rather peripheral in that uh, he didn't actually play by the time he came on to play the majority of the sides that his father had played for like Clifford's Mean had, had actually died out and his he started off with the Morris because the um, uh, Bromsborough side wanted to go out and hadn't got a musician, so they sent for him, got him to come and play some tunes, and uh, he did that. And he was so impressed with that that when he his work as a railwayman uh, took him over to Mitchell Dean, he actually started a side up in Mitchell Dean in the 20th century. I think that ah, must be the only yeah. genuinely traditional side yeah, that tradi- I've come across. Yes, yeah, a traditional uh, revival, but by a well, tradition- it wasn't a revival. It was a, it was it was, <clears> a, <throat> it was a, yeah. a new side. New side, yeah. So it was, yeah. uh, it, but the way that, that that must have been one of the ways that they uh, they, yeah. they sort of developed yeah. in the old yeah. days, anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, he played for all sorts of things. Played knew, knew a lot of the travellers around the Forest of Dean and used to play for their weddings yeah. and um, for anything else around there. He used to play in the pubs. Um, you'd have upstairs in the pub, he'd play for a dance. Uh-huh. And um, they'd play in the, the pubs in Newark quite a bit as well. And uh, he had quite a, lot, quite a big repertoire. So, And, and as I say, with the travellers, one of his tunes is called Tight Smith's Hornpipe. And Titus Smith was the one of the fiddle players, a gypsy fiddle player ah, with right. the yeah. Morris. Yeah. This is Tite Smith on think he learned many of his tunes from his father Charles well quite a lot of them I mean a lot of the tunes he got he got very early on obviously um, and um, quite a few from records I think as well people like the Wiper Brothers from Scotland their 78s were astoundingly popular throughout mm-hmm. the country and um, there are a few of their numbers crop up and um, he just changed them around a bit over the years, but uh, and things like marches from the uh, the Gloucestershire Regiment, which he was in. So uh, um, he played played some of their tunes as well. Yeah, a couple of tunes, old brags, and uh, so he had quite a, like a wide kind of 
repertoire, but but, but for a, a wide working. for a wide range of um, activities. Yeah, really, it yeah. was very much a working, working repertoire. repertoire. He yeah. could play for Morris. He could play for country dances. He could play tunes for people to listen to yeah. in the pub. He had a couple of songs in case anybody needed that. Uh, you know, play for weddings, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, a very, very much a functional yeah, fiddle yeah, player. But yeah. uh, I think one of the things I was quite amused by was that um, Peter Kennedy recorded his playing, and Russell Wortley also recorded his playing. And when it came to the hornpipes, he played the same tunes and used the same titles, but not together. <laughs> so they got jumbled up oh, yeah. and uh, there's a lovely bit on one of the tapes with Russell Worley saying oh, what's that one called Mr. Mr. Baldwin he said oh I don't know there's, a, there's so many of them <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you know the, the name of a tune was pretty unimportant as far yeah. as he was concerned whether it was yeah. the, the Gloucester Hornpipe which we quite often know as the uh, the Swansea I think it yeah, is or, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, he played another one which was the Gloucester Hornpipe which we which is really a version of Nelson's Hornpipe yeah. so it's difficult to say but yeah. uh, he had some cracking tunes and one of the great things about the recordings of him is that you can actually hear his bowing and on some of the some of the hornpipes he actually does the old Newcastle style which is dum da 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 yeah, yeah. sort of very very lumpy and um and, and again with the titles when it comes to the the, the tune which is fairly popular now Colford Jig on the on the tape you can say he says what's that one called Mr Baldwin and he says oh that's the uh, uh, Colford uh, uh, Jig <laughs> <laughs> and you think yes yeah. sure <laughs> but it doesn't matter and no. it's it's a Colford Jig and it's a, a step dance tune right um, yeah Jig is not a time it's not a 6-8 no, tune it's no, for it's a particular dance, a dance yeah so uh, that makes a lot of difference Okay, this is the the Wild Morris, which uh, was one of Charlie Baldwin's tunes that he used for the Clifford Mean Morris. He says, uh, always played them off the green to this tune. They went off in the same order as they come on in the march, only quicker and dancing instead of marching. It's actually a version of uh, the song uh, When the King Enjoys His Own Again.
You're listening to Glostrad Radio. Many thanks to my guest Paul Burgess and his trusty fiddle. We also heard in the programme the Bristol Cayley Quartet and also Martin Vogwell for this delightful guitar version of the Gloucestershire Hornpipe. You've been listening to the Glostrad Radio Podcast. This programme was funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund as part of the single Gloucester Project. Glostrad is an online archive of folk songs and tunes collected in the county of Gloucestershire. You can find the archive and more information about all the material in the programme on our website www.glostrad.com. I've been Steve Rowley and it's been my pleasure to have you along today. Visit the website for more podcasts. Glostrad Radio Glostrad Radio Glostrad